0: Listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus.
1: And welcome to episode 123 of the Testudo Times Podcast, where we're all going to try to sit down and recap and react and try to sink our teeth into all that has happened with Maryland football in the last four or five days. Very tumultuous time for the entirety of the program, stemming with what happened with Jordan McNair back at the end of May and has now really only blown up in the last couple of days. Thomas is here. Also, our good friend Ryan Connors is here, who I'm very happy to have, have back on the podcast, but not in these sorts of circumstances, obviously. But we're going to try to get this as best we can in terms of timeline, what's happened in the last five days, Then go over the situations, each of them in more detail, and we'll eventually get to our opinions of what we've seen, the press conference that just took place, we're recording this Tuesday night, and then after, what do we think happens next, because there is still quite a lot that could happen and quite a lot we don't know. So Thomas, I'm going to start here with the timeline of what has happened, because there is a lot that's happened in the space of five days, and it might be hard for everybody to follow, and we're all very keyed in on this. And I personally have lost some details in this, so let's start with Friday. The first ESPN report is about what happened in the Jordan McNair practice, yes, and some more of the details that came there.
2: Yeah, a lot of this is uh, this. This is the report that has has sparked the least amount of dispute. Um, a lot of this had been previously reported by by the local outlets. Washington Post, Baltimore Sun, Diamondback had had some of these details. Uh, the the timing of the 911 call, the timing of the workout when it started, when they they noticed that McNair was having some troubles, and so so we had a timeline actually in mid late July uh, of of what we know of the workout. But, so, I you know, a couple add, more details wanna, came in.
1: Yes. Adam, what were those new details? Because, again, it gets lost in the shuffle because for many people, this is the first time they've seen this story. We've been talking about it for months, but for many people on the outside, the ESPN bottom line readers, this is the first time they've seen this story. So what was new that was added with that first report?
2: To me, I, I think the big thing is uh, just how it was handled by the training staff at, at Maryland. It was. It it seemed like they.
0: If if I can if I can jump, jump in. in Ron. Um, yes. Save um, us. I I I well, while you guys were talking I opened it up but um. I have. Yeah, it's like it's, it doesn't really have anything that you can say, that is, you know,
2: other than drag his ass across the field, which is like a new report.
1: And I did think we heard afterwards, and we'll get more into this with football culture later, but. I don't think that's something that hasn't been said by strength and conditioning coaches or football coaches before. It's not. Um,
0: Yeah. And well, that's, I think the, what we don't know here is, you know, we don't know what trainers were thinking and we still don't know exactly what happened, like when they said which thing, but it comes off looking very bad for the equipment or not equipment staff, but the strength and conditioning staff it comes off looking like they don't that you know something was wrong with Jordan McNair the players um the let me see if I can find the uh
1: it was either because they they quoted some players
0: from my my reading
1: of this report sorry to interrupt but it was either they either didn't know what they were doing or didn't know what to do or they willfully ignored it it was one or the other and either way it's horrible And that's from the reading of that report and from the details we knew before. And they put a pretty good timeline on it. And we have it up on the website of the actual events of the practice in question. And there's also uh, plenty of other details of like, like why did this practice not take place indoors? Because they have an indoor facility that works now. It was outside. It was a warm day, but it wasn't a hot day. Anybody who's been to Maryland in the end of May and June knows it could get much hotter than it apparently was. But I think the biggest thing we learned was not just the timeline, but it was just condensed into one place. And the quote from the strength and conditioning uh, coaches was also added in, which kind of added a negative flourish to it, I think, if that's the right word to use.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think you put it, you put it pretty well saying that either, it was either willful, willful ignorance or they didn't know which one or they, uh, they didn't know what was going on. And either way that reflects very, very poorly Um, You got a player player saying, wow, Jordan looks effed up. He doesn't look all right. We we knew he was really exhausted, but we didn't know he was in danger of his life. And then kind of the end of that, the player says, that doesn't mean a medical professional shouldn't know to put him in an ice tub. There's there's a lot of that. You almost can't can't sum it up better than that.
1: And I think, Thomas, is there anything that you want to add to that?
2: Yeah, I think... Toward the end of that report, I believe it was, they had just the stats on the, the, the numbers on heat stroke. It, it, it's very preventable. You have to get uh, the person's body temperature below 104, and the way to do that is, is emerging in an ice bath. And he checked into the hospital at 106.
1: So, again, that tells you pretty much everything you need to know. And this is just the McNair report of what happened. This was released... Friday at what, like three or four? That wasn't what got everybody's ire up because most people kind of already knew that. This had been decently reported, but it was the toxic football culture report that came like an hour or two later, Thomas, that ended up sparking a lot of outrage because when you read first the McNair story and how that was done, and then that story back to back, it reads really horribly on the program. And that's what most people thought at the time. And certainly I thought that too. I was furious. When I read it, because when you read it back to back, that's the effect that happens. And the report is very detailed about what it says. And it has examples. It's thoroughly sourced, even if it's anonymously sourced. And we'll must champ. That doesn't mean the story can be thrown in the garbage. Anonymous sourcing is how you do most of these reports. You're not going to get many players on the record for that. But in terms of this story, Thomas, what did it say to you in terms of the timeline of how everything developed over the last couple of days?
2: Yeah, well, so when I read when I read that, it, it did catch you know me off guard. I'd heard rumblings that things were a little off. I hadn't heard any of those specifics, and so you know I was reading them for the first time with everyone else. And those are you know it's it's really eye catching stuff that you know it is alleged to have happened. And everyone that that we've asked about it has said like if they didn't see. You know events such as a guy being forced to do tug of war with a bum shoulder, or a guy getting food knocked out of his hand, or a guy uh, being forced to eat punitively. Um, that you know those things are believed um, by by people in the program because of because of who Rick Court is. You know that those you know that I mean that story hit on Court. It it hit. Durkin, Wes Robinson; those were really the three guys in the middle of it. And yeah, I mean, when you read that, you can't help but think everyone's got to be fired. And of course, there was a little bit of backlash uh, the next day. And I think this leads into where we're going with that. Um, to me, the story by by just you know trying to verify it with other people story seems accurate it seems like maybe it's not telling the entire story because there's obviously a lot of current players that have spoken up in in sort of defense of their coach and uh, so i think with only two current players and a couple of former staffers as as the sources for that it can be a little distorted but it's not inaccurate it's not and I think that's important to remember. The thing
1: that I say, it's, I wouldn't say from what I know, and I'm sitting on it from the outside, I, even when I was at Maryland, and this was before D.J. Durkin was coach, you can't see much of these practices, and most of this stuff is happening well behind closed doors. I'm going to say from what we can tell and from how it's been reported and what players are saying, I'm going to say it's not the whole truth, but it's a lot of truth. There is an element of truth here that has happened. And, Ryan, do you have anything to add before we go on to what happened Saturday?
0: Sure. I think, uh, yeah, like reading, it was, I imagine that this is the way it was designed by USPN and it's the way it's sort of the way we're supposed to think about this. It's the Jordan McNair incident and you get the quotes from the players and it, in in that story, especially, I think that was the big thing that that story had that the other stories didn't, which was quotes from players who were at the workout who were saying, wow, this seemed like this was pretty bad. Um, and then, you know, that's, that's a bad incident. And then boom, this is indicative of something's not quite right at the program. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah, reading, reading was definitely shocking. I think the, uh, the use of toxic is, I didn't really, you know like we've repeated toxic toxic on our website that's been that's been the go-to word about this and this didn't really hit me until now, just now like toxic is a very complicated term and i imagine that's why they used it because toxic doesn't mean that all the players hate it and it doesn't mean that the, that you know you might have a lot of players saying it's great it just means that clearly something's wrong and even if it's maybe a thing that's wrong in a lot of other programs it's wrong here and uh, yeah, I think reading it was was pretty shocking. It's like you almost wish it were more more surprising because you're like, I I guess it is. Th- some of these things I like, you know, football. You know, we go over this all the time. It's not something that uh, it's not a morally great thing, but we all still ignore a lot of things and like it anyway. But uh, I think the the biggest thing I've noticed. Obviously, you see this when you go – when you see, you see it at Ohio State this year. You see it at, Ohio, at Michigan State. You have a big controversy on your team, big story reported. They always – you know, they attack the reporting, and you attack – you're like, no, this, this would never happen to my team. And, you know, when you read it, you know kind of immediately that all, a lot – a big portion of the fans are just going to be like, nope, not, not true – Not, not certainly not all the fans, uh, read a lot of good things, you know, a lot of positive comments. There's even one comment on the, uh, on the website, uh, Hugh GR, give you a shout out who was, who said thank you to, uh, you know, helping us out during these turbulent times. But, uh, that was, that was nice to see, but that's uh, not something
1: I expected to see, to be honest, because we can't blame the comment section for being negative now. I've joked about that before on this podcast, and I get it. It's, a lo- it's loaded. Everything here is a loaded term, and we're going to try to break that down a little bit later because we all have thoughts on toxic football culture and toxic masculinity, which is, again, very, very loaded, very complicated, not black or white. Uh, but we're going to get to that in a second. Then, Thomas, Saturday, everyone's put on leave. Training staff, the three coaches, including Rick Court, and then DJ Durkin by the end of the afternoon is put on leave and that was clearly in response to what happened the day before and based on what has happened in situations like this in the past it's not surprising in any way shape or form that that happened and maryland reacted to it as quickly as they possibly could considering the circumstances but it happened pretty instantaneously that everyone was put on leave like quickly the reporting earlier was anonymous people had been put on leave and then it quickly became evident who was put on leave
2: yeah and it was interesting because it was the first three and Durkin wasn't one of them, and then Durkin was put on leave later, about six, seven hours later. Um, It was a weird sequence. I'm still not sure exactly why that length of a delay happened. they, They
1: had to gauge, and this is something I'm going to talk about a lot, no matter what kind of scandals happened before, There is still never enough experience in people to dealing with scandals like these. Like, it should have been evident that if you're going to do this, you put all of them on leave at once. But they were trying to gauge the reaction. Like, how much of this is ire towards Durkin? How much of this is ire towards strength and conditioning? And that's how they made it. Once the ire was up enough against Durkin from the people that matter, not necessarily just the fans, but people that have real skin in the game in that program, that's when they put them on leave. And that's why it took time for it to break down that way, but it still happened. I mean, the time difference isn't going to mean much in the end. But they were all put on leave. So, anything else to say about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it it all made sense at the time. I think that's that's the right thing to do. Um, it, it's it's the right middle ground. I think if you if you fire someone based off reports without you know doing your own legwork and verifying everything. You know, that has the potential to really fly back in your face. But there was... And again, I have to say there, this now... There was a I lot to, of outrage.
1: I, I don't want to say this because we live in an outrage culture, we do. And some of it's good and some of it's bad. But we've seen in these kinds of situations, and it's not just this, but in all scandals, where sometimes they go too far in the other direction, and it's too reactionary. You don't. I'm not going to give examples because I think one of the things that I'm stressing here... I don't want to compare scandals as much as I possibly can because I don't think it's fair to what is going on here where we have a Maryland football player that died and we're trying to parse this out vis-a-vis this situation, this situation only. Yes, there are situations that are similar to this and there are scandals that are going on in basically every Big Ten East school has had a bad scandal in the last five years, but I don't want to compare them because I don't think that does a service, and it also doesn't do a service to compare this to what happened with Len Bias, and I really am pushing against that when I see these questions asked, and I don't want to, and we're going to try not to here. But uh, So then, Sunday and Monday, it's pretty calm, Ryan. I don't think much happened. I think everyone was just trying to see the dust settling. There were, obviously, reports were going on behind the scenes, but not a lot had sort of broken. I think everybody was taking a couple of days to digest what had gone on, particularly the people... At Power at Maryland, we're trying to digest what had gone on because it all happened so fast. And then, today, Tuesday, when we're recording this, I wake up, we're going to record this podcast early in the morning, and then we see an announcement there's going to be a press conference with Wallace Lowe and Damon Evans. And you're going, oh, what are they going to be doing here? What could they possibly be doing here with a press conference? And so, what do we think about how that timeline worked out?
0: Well, I remember when they originally announced it and we were like, Oh, is this is this the DJ Durkin is officially fired announcement? And then we realized, you know, once we talked to Alice Kirshner a little bit that you know, that that was not how it was going to unfold. But um yeah, I mean, today – do we just want to go over, like, the, what happened today or what was
1: uh... – we'll, we'll get to quickly, but just the way that it happened with Sunday and Monday with kind of no news and then, oh, there's a press conference. Normally, you don't see schools or anybody in scandals like this hosting press conferences. Even if they're uh... going to speak to the press and not take questions, it's kind of rare to see them do that. So it was a shock to me when Thomas pinged me about it this morning. I was like, Really? What could they possibly be doing here because once you 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 the fear I had is that they're going to talk and they're going to make this worse, they're going to dig their grave even further
0: um I mean, I don't know the thing like again, you said you don't want to compare scandals I'd say a kid a kid died, and we had one press conference the day after um they were due they were due for some sort of update I mean it's about time it's been uh it's been two hour. months since they started the investigation by the Walters Incorporated. Um, and I mean, like a lot of people, I'm this. I'm not the first person to say this, but it would have made a whole lot more sense for people to be going on leave two months ago than it does now, because it's kind of hard to believe that if certain facts are coming out now that certain people didn't know them way back, and you know, pretty soon after it happened. Again, like, I don't know. This stands but, to
1: another scandal that I want to talk about is every single time you're in a scandal like this every single time no matter what it's for people think they can slow play it and then eventually it'll just fizzle itself out and they never get out ahead of it in the way they should this happens with every single scandal and every single walk of life sports included and Maryland thought that they could get ahead of it with the things that they said in those press conferences and what Damon Evans said when he was introduced to DJ Durkin at media days They thought that they were going to get ahead of it. The investigation would go on, and it would just sort of play out naturally. But you can't slow play these things because somebody's going to get out ahead of it before you do. And Maryland had their hand forced. They had to do something, even if I don't think necessarily holding a press conference was the best idea. And then Thomas, in the press conference, I was concerned because I was wondering, who are they going to shunt this on? And that's what I had thought. And it's a cynical thought, but it was a worrying Thought that I think most of us had. Like, who is this going to be shunted on? And then when the press conference played out, I wasn't surprised at how it played out, but the fact that the first thing they did was admit culpability was not something I was necessarily expecting.
2: Yeah, I remember... So I went on, I went on the radio earlier in the afternoon before the press conference, and I said, this is going to be somewhere between just, like, announcing another investigation into something. And we're... And we're all resigning. It, it's, it was going to be something in between, um, and it, it, it really was. They they did more than I I've probably thought they were going to do. Um, they were much more upfront and honest about admitting wrongdoing on really a, a university level than than I thought they were going to do. So I thought, you know given everything else that's happened, the press conference in and of itself was handled okay. Um,
1: I, I came out feeling, okay, they didn't make this worse. I don't know if they made it better, but they didn't make it worse. And when you have these scandals, you see how often it happens when these people in power dig their own graves even further and make it worse. They didn't do that. Now, as I said, I don't think they necessarily made it better, but they, they getting out in front of it and saying apologizing, at least will make their legal obligations a little bit easier, and we'll talk about those in a second. And then, in terms of who they blamed for the event itself, Jordan McNair, uh, they threw it kind of all on the training staff. There was no mentions, as we said, of DJ Durkin or coaching. It was strength and conditioning pretty much the whole way. Did that surprise you?
0: Um, Oh, oh, yeah, no. Thomas, you go ahead. Thomas
1: first, and then Ryan, you can jump in.
2: It it did surprise me, for sure. I mean... Especially that they specifically said the training staff, not the coaching staff. That was what, what really caught my eye. And I think they're they're that means they they really want to separate, you know, the training staff and Durkin. Probably Durkin is, specifically, because he's is, the only one who's been put on yeah. leave other than that. That's
1: really interesting. I don't know if that's necessarily a good move, but I'll explain what I think about it means in a second. But, Ryan, were you surprised by that? Because I was a little surprised that they threw them completely under the bus and rightfully so let me be fair they deserve to be thrown under the bus because they completely screwed up but i was surprised that it wasn't a complete mea culpa and speaking in vagaries like in general we all screwed up or something like that they put it completely on the training staff which i thought was definitely surprising from where i was sitting just watching this from the outside
0: i think it was i was a little bit surprised i also didn't know what to expect um Yeah. It's, I think that's part of the, like, you know, I'm not big into praising someone for anything they do in a press conference because it's such a very controlled idea, controlled place. And especially when you have like ESPN asked, asked Maryland for, you know, Wallace Lowe, Damon Evans, and DJ Durkin to comment on either of the two stories they sent out on Friday and declined. Like that's, I don't know that's there's something I feel like that needs to be mentioned at least before you say like you know they like they did a good job at this or today or they did a bad mention, job.
1: Yeah. The other thing I want to mention, I'm sorry for interrupting, but there's a lot of thoughts we all have here. The fact is that before this, before this all broke on Friday, all of Maryland's practices were closed to the media. So what does that tell you? It tells me certainly something. I mean, it's not like these practices are ever really that open to the media to begin with, but normally you get something. I mean, the Diamondback would get something. The
0: Washington Post would get something. Uh, I mean, no, we... It's something. Yeah, it's a, they, they open practice to the media. I mean, Thomas, they did it last year, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, what they, what they do is, you know, Durkin will speak beforehand. He'll he'll say he really likes his team, and he won't give answers to the quarterbacks because they're still in competition um and then after practice we'll get some players who's they're in good shape they're really excited and during practice you know we'll see some of the stuff we'll see some position drills we'll see um some things I remember for for a lot of the practices they've like done the scrimmages on the far end of the field where we really can't get any sense of what's going on um
1: but when it was
2: like semi yeah this spring this spring they actually had a handful of practices in Cole Fieldhouse and so media was up on on the balcony of Cole and you could actually see quite a bit And of course this was the practice I missed for class so but that so that was an
1: exception that proves the rule here because since training camp started I don't think anything's been open to the media
0: no it hasn't it's it's like that at Ohio State too and I think um I mean, we can only guess at what the plan was had this ESPN story not come out because from everything I've read, it doesn't seem like Maryland was particularly expecting this some sort of giant expose to come out. It seems like the plan was likely to, you know, slow play it, you you get to uh, September 15th, you admit wrongdoing. Uh, maybe you won a couple games by then and none of it and we're not, not paying enough close attention to it and then then you're out of the woods if you're if you're Maryland I guess um but then you'd you'd still have you'd still have the McNair family with a lawsuit you'd still it it's tough to say what the timeline would have looked like um but yes I think the uh closing the practice off to the media like uh some people were making this point about ohio state is that well it gives the reporters a whole lot of more time to investigate other stuff that maybe the team doesn't want them investigating and sure enough bunch of stuff's turning up at ohio state not that it's certainly it's not not, novice, not compa- I mean,
1: it's hard to we're human beings we compare we look for reference uh, especially us yeah, as or, journalists we do this
0: but so they looked, well, i think in, in in this in this situation it's it's relevant not you know of course you never you, you never want to get into what's worse or not but um, we're
1: not going to talk about that here that's for uh, other people to, to deal with on another situation another level the, we're not going to talk about the, what's worse and what's not
0: it's it, it wouldn't be i'm i'm still surprised that ohio state and maryland both haven't done the you know well you still go and talk to the coach or the interim coach and then they say no players because i think players you could you could conceivably ask a player anything, and they might say, "Sure." Like you, you look know, Jalen Hurts at Alabama a couple of weeks ago. They asked him what he thought about the quarterback situation, and he let everyone know what he actually felt. But if you, I mean, if you have the coach, you at least have someone going on the record saying something, even if it's just. With both of
1: these situations, I, I do understand it, especially because they all happen to develop so quickly that it's hard to get any sort of rhythm and also these are interim head coaches they have no idea how long they're going to be involved in the interim role either the head coach is going to return or they're going to get fired and they're going to be their head interim head coach for the season so they have no idea and they've got to coach these guys up because their jobs are on the line too so there's a lot that goes on in this in this whole situation that means i think it makes sense that they're not going to have anybody if if you're going to have no players you might as well have nobody at this point but now I want to tie this all up to a bow. It took 27 minutes to really get through all of this before we get to some other issues regarding these stories. But, Thomas, so now where we stand is Rick Court was bought out. It was a mutual agreement to part ways. They didn't fire him for cause, which I'm surprised. I think that they would have found a way to fire him for cause, but they would have had to be on leave longer. And I think Rick Court had some public comments about uh, what he decided to do and his side of the story. Uh, The other two... Parts of the strength and conditioned coach are still on leave. DJ Dirk is still on leave. So that's where we stand right now. And was this is Tuesday night, August fourteenth? There's a lot that still could happen in the two and a half weeks before Maryland plays the actual football game. But for now, that's where we stand. Uh, quickly talk about Rick Court's comments because they're interesting and I think they merit some discussion here.
2: Yeah. So Court released a statement this afternoon, uh, shortly after the press conference ended. Um, it 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 wasn't much it wasn't anything particularly great. I was kind of surprised about uh, him saying that he's stepping down to allow the team to heal and move forward, um, which if if that's what he's doing, I don't know what happened over the last two months. Um,
1: he's saying that to look a little bit better, to, to win. Yeah, I mean, points. there's he's not, not a worried.
2: lot of, there's not a lot you can do just in his circumstances to earn brownie points, and that in this, you know, the statement did fine.
1: I if, if I'm going to say except anybody looks for the, the go
2: terps at the end of it,
1: yeah, that was odd. Though, no, I'm, if I'm going to say anything about who looked worse in the second report, the Toxic Culture report, it was Rick Court. I mean, he looked absolutely the worst out of all of them, and DJ Durkin, to be fair, looked like the enabler. But we'll get to that in a second, and Ryan, you had some uh, comments about why he was bought out as opposed to not being fired for cause and there are legal reasons for that. It's very important to remember, there are a lot of legal ramifications here that a lot of different parties are involved with.
0: Yeah, and the you know people uh, the way I've heard it is you you know if you fire him, then it's, you know maybe he fights it and you're in a legal battle with him, which you don't want to be, especially if you have a potential another legal battle mo- looming with DJ Durkin. Um, you, know, you pay him $300,000, which is, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, isn't things just isn't that much money, even though obviously
1: it you is, you know, to, money
0: to money any one person, $300,000 yeah. is a lot. But if you're Maryland, you're, you're likely going to be dishing out some serious cash in the near future. So, 300K, not that much. You, uh, you cannot, like, whatever agreement he had, you can guarantee he, uh, well, actually, Pete the Mouth said it was a release of claims, which I had no idea what that meant, but apparently it's, uh, he can't sue you for his reputation being damaged, um, and then likely comes with an NDA, so he's not going to be talking to everyone about it. Um, it's, it's sort of, if you're Maryland, it just, Maryland knew it needed Rick Court. Out and I think, and Rick Court knew that, especially after everything that was reported okay. he needed to he needed to be out and that it made it makes a lot of sense why he was the guy to go first uh, from all all media reports uh can't imagine anyone would argue with it um, but I, I
1: don't want to use this term yeah. cause I think it's a bad term, but it, it really reads a lot like it's hush money like. We're going to pay you to keep quiet
0: now. If you go, um, we pay
1: you this money. It's a bad term, but it's the thing that copped into my head. This could be... No, I mean, it
0: It, it absolutely is. Um, and I think, you know, Maryland's essentially saying that if, if anyone accuses Rick Court of something, like, if that's part of the McNair case, I guess what happens is that Maryland's just like, yep, we are, uh, that's, we're on the hook for it. But I... As as you, you well know,
1: hard to go through.
0: I, I, I'm not a lawyer, and none I'm, of us are. I'm sure any anyone who listens who is a lawyer is probably gonna send me an email telling me how wrong I am. I so mean, we we invite anyway.
1: you to tell us how wrong we are, but most importantly, do it in a kind way because we're not lawyers. We're journalists, and we try to do our best. But there's a lot more that we could do uh, to learn, but we can't because we've got to do this reporting. Period. Okay. So this is where we are now. I want to focus. Not so much on the McNair stuff because I think it's 100% agreeable that a lot of people screwed up. I think I want to talk about the toxic football culture thing now because I think that's what got most people angry on Friday and leading onto the story. And I think that was what really sparked all of this because it looks really, really bad and it reads really, really terribly. And toxic football culture and toxic masculinity are very loaded terms. They're very complicated situations to parse out. And let's be fair, our cultural attitudes towards these things have changed dramatically this decade. What we thought at the start of the 2010s, as opposed to what we think now about these sorts of things, is 100% different, and that plays a major role in it. And Thomas, you used the term, there's a difference between an ultra-competitive program and a toxic one, and I think that word makes a lot of sense. Whatever the line is between what football culture is and then toxic football culture is whatever the line was, wherever it is, Maryland crossed it. I think there's can be no doubt about that in certain situations. Yes.
2: Yeah. At least that's, that's exactly what the reports say. I think this is where the nuance comes in because every player is going to have his own line for it. Every player is going to have like a slightly different experience. And every, every person has their own slightly different idea of where that line is. And Also, a different idea of where Maryland came in. I think, obviously, the reports suggested that Maryland definitely crossed the line. And it probably did, because...
1: Now, the question is, I have to interject here, who crossed the line? And this is where we get into discussions of who gets fired and who doesn't. And is this a DJ Durkin-led thing, as the leader of the program, as the head coach... There is a lot that goes on here. Is it just Rick Court? Is it just the strength and conditioning staff? How do we parse that out as viewers from the outside who know the coach because we see him talk to the press, we see him animated on the sidelines, we see his kind of personality, but we don't see him behind closed doors? Obviously, a lot falls on Durkin because he is the head coach and therefore he is the CEO of the program, but how much of it falls on individuals that are underneath him And are they enabled by him? These are all questions that we have to ask, and there's no real clear-cut answer for. And that makes it harder when you're dealing with a very black and white culture in which we live and situations like this which are very nuanced. It makes it hard to kind of pick out an answer, and there are varying range of opinions here from former players, from former football players to people who are absolutely disgusted by this, and you have every right to be because a lot of what was in that report was disgusting. But that's what makes it harder, I think, for all of us to kind of pin down really what's right what's wrong and where is the line and who crossed it
2: right yeah yeah there are, i don't have any any concrete answers i can't tell you how much of this falls on durkin versus anyone else i know that the report i would say had court as the number one problem and durkin by association and by some you know actions of his own and if that's true, it it probably, you probably have to you know move on from somebody at that point, but you know Maryland is going to do pr- probably the best thing it can do, which is just gather as much information as it can, um, mm-hmm. through
1: a second investigation through
2: through the second investigation and whatever they can get from the first investigation. I'm not sure how long the second investigation is going to take. I, from the it's, press conference, both of them are probably going to go in through the season. I think that and, what
1: Wallace Lowe said. I think this is I took it, Ryan, and I don't know if I'm I'm taking this incorrectly, but I think what Wallace Lowe said is that the second one was going to be done rather quickly, and that's I, the one talking into the investigation into the football culture, not Jordan McNair.
0: These are two. Separate I'm about things. to We're
1: trying to keep that separate as much as we can. Yes,
0: I'm about to agree with Matt here. I think uh, the and you know like none of us know because this is just what we heard Wallace Lowe say on TV today but I would be just the way I the way I read it the vibe I got from it I'd be very surprised if Wallace Lowe's investigation I think the day I I was talking to Jared earlier and I said by August 28th you know maybe 29th week. I I I would expect that's that's the vibe I get I think that's when L- Wallace Lowe's thing uh investigation, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. And I, I guess I, I'm writing something on it for tomorrow. That's I call it an investigation like 37 times, but uh, you know, that's, that's, I'm guessing when we hear back from that, cause I think it's something that he knows he wants to be done before the season starts. I expect, you know, that's when we get the announcement that DJ Durkin is no longer is officially no longer employed by Maryland, which certainly doesn't end the chapter between dj durkin and maryland but i believe that is when that comes back Uh, bomani jones had a great tweet today he's something along the lines of maryland said all the right all the things today to distance itself from dj durkin or not all the right things to distance himself um all the things that make it sound like they are going to move on from him not that they are going to fire him so it's it's going to be unclear what happens with how he he separates. I'm, you know, you guys can have your own feelings. Obviously, I think he is. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely not going to coach a game at Maryland again. Definitely is a weird word, but I think he's not coaching a game at Maryland again. There, there's and,
1: a lot of nuance to this too because he could be fired. He could be on administrative leave throughout the season, and then there's a mutual termination of contract or something of this effect, a buyout. But. I'll get to that quickly. Thomas, I just want to get to the, to the last point when we talk about football culture. And this is the thing that happens when you see former players talk about it. And they're inoculated to it because they mostly know no different, right? But we on the outside, as I said, our opinion as a collective, as humanity, as watchers of sports, we're more in tune to these things that we were not in tune to before. We know a lot more. So a lot of the things that are said and are done that we just said before, oh, it's football, We now go and say, well, wait a minute, that's not right. You know, and this is happening again in a widespread cultural area that's happening with so many things. And I don't want to go into that because then these things become politically loaded and that's not what we want to get to here. But because of that, we now live in a time where we're now scrutinizing football culture a lot more. And this is why what Will Muschamp said, he worked with DJ Durkin, was kind of dumb because... Again, a lot of it. there was a great piece on SB Nation. I think Stephen Godfrey wrote it about mm-hmm. why that's part of football culture. And as I said, football culture in itself, when it's handled it the right way, is not bad. There's a lot of good that can be done in football. There are plenty of good coaches, and there are plenty of good environments. But then there are runaway situations like this. And that's where I'm saying the nuance comes in. Like, it's clear this is a major issue with Maryland's culture. How much of this is football culture and how much of this is people not knowing any better because this is how they were taught to do their job and this is how most people believe that the job should be done. Thomas, that's where so much of this comes in and when it's a situation like this where it all blows up in like four or five days, it's hard to get the nuance down where we could say accurately, here's where it all balances. And with Maryland, I don't think we know the answer yet because we don't know the individual elements that play into some of these particular anecdotes in that story or whether more is going to come out that would be more damning this is just what we can say for where we sit at this point
2: yeah I don't really have much to add to that I think these are all questions we kind of have to to ponder and that's probably separate from should should the coach keep his job and even that is separate from did Marilyn handle the McNair thing the right way the on, answer, on the, the day the of? Answer and all, and no. of the answer to that question is no. The answer to that question is obviously no. Yes, that is the, the closest the question, thing we have to an yes. answer on anything.
1: I think we know that the McNair situation itself, they bungled. There can be no doubt about that. I don't think anyone disputes that. Maryland clearly doesn't dispute that, based on their comments at their press conference. Day. Yeah, oh, no. If there so. was
2: if there was Damon dispute on that, that's the one that that is the dispute that ended at the press conference.
1: Yes, but now we're talking about what happens afterwards, the outgrowth of that. And as I say, legally, Rick Court has been mutually separated. With I think everything that Wallace Low and Damon Evans said leads me to believe that they are going to try to settle in court when something gets filed, and they will, and there will be a big payout. behooves Maryland to do that, and based on everything they say, they've admitted guilt, and now they're going to try to work out a settlement. I think that behooves the best interest of all parties involved. Hopefully, in that, there is something with the McNair Foundation, which allows Maryland to use it and fundraise for it, which, again, doesn't help in any way, shape, or form, but at least... It doesn't make some people whole, but it makes some issues, like, go, not go away, but it makes the situation more stable a little bit. So now we have to talk about what happens after, right? Now we know Rick Court's fired. There are two other people that are still on leave, and DJ Durkin is still on leave. If we assume that the investigation into the toxic football culture is still coming— and it is, and it will be finished by the end of the football season. It's going to be quick, so it might not necessarily be thorough, but they want to have an answer on D.J. Durkin's job status before they play Texas, and I completely understand why they want to do that. Uh, While the entire McNair investigation itself, the separate one, is not going to be finished until the 15th, which is the day of a football game, there's no way that they're releasing any information on that on the day of a football game. They're going to release it before. So now we have to ask the questions, which we have to ask. As sports fans, we need to ask this. Who gets fired? Who gets fired? and Ryan, you obviously think that Durkin is not going to be the head coach going forward. Whether that means he's fired or not remains to be seen, but you think it's pretty evident that there's no way he coaches another game again, and I agree with you. I don't think there's any way he coaches another game in Maryland. The PR disaster that would be on their hands would be just terrible. Based on the Maryland fan reaction and based on what I assume the reaction is behind the scenes from people with skin in the game, I don't think there's any way DJ Durkin is coaching another football game in Maryland.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, it's... I definitely don't think he is. Uh, It's one of the – this sort of ties back into some stuff you just asked Thomas. But it's, you know, seeing all the players and a lot of the recruits and the parents all say, no, like, we like him is – you know, it's it's not nothing. It's complicated because especially if you're a player who has been with him and has maybe been there a couple of years, it's – I'm sure you read the ESPN report. And if if that's really not what you're feeling, then, you know – I can't tell them what they've experienced, obviously, but uh, the, yeah, the stuff in the USPN report um, it's it's the kind of thing I may have said this earlier in the podcast doesn't really matter if it happens at other places. I mean the you know the things like calling players thieves if they are still on scholarship and you feel that they are not earning it.
1: I have to be honest with that comment. Didn't? Wouldn't we have said something like that too when we were our angriest at Maryland? I mean, some of us would have. I'm not saying I would have, but that doesn't sound like something that a fan wouldn't say. So that wasn't the um, thing that got my banner up the most.
0: I think. I think you know.
1: Coach is saying comparing
0: to the yeah, comparing to your your cousin yelling at the TV compared to the guy who is, you know, tasked with you know. Of all the like, sins like in he that said story, himself, that
1: was the lowest of them all. I have to be fair. We're ranking on a curve. Maybe that's not fair, uh, but that to me was the least of the sins of, in that particular report.
0: Fair, fair. Whatever it's not, it is, but that, but that's not really relevant. I think it's the no, fe- it isn't. The, the 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 attitude people were taking, and uh, it's you know, I don't know. It's pe- people had issues with the reporting, which. I guess the one, the one thing I'd say about the reporting is the, you know, people say, Oh, you didn't quote anyone saying good things about the program. Any journalism has to quote both sides. That's
1: not what the story is about. That's not not how it works.
0: It's, it's complicated. I think it's, you know, people say that it's, you know, we see this in politics journalism a lot, and I won't go into that, but you know, like quoting someone who said, no, it's fine in the story. Like that would what, be like tweeting
1: it, a picture of the dog GIF where they are saying it's, it's fine with everything on fire behind them.
0: I, I think it just it, it's make compl- sense to it, do it in a story like this. I think, I, I think it's complicated because yeah. it's doing that, you know, maybe maybe it helps guard you against the internet horde, which maybe doesn't accomplish anything. Um, but it I think the one thing it does is it does raise the question and I, I'm not really the one raising it because I believe the story. But like, you know, you're going to have a lot of people saying that, oh, you, you know, you just talked to the two people who, uh, you know, said bad things and then you ran with it. And the, you know, people say, oh, that Heather Dinnage covered Maryland and that they didn't get along and that she has a vendetta against Maryland, which is, I think, ridiculous. I hate that crap. Um, I hate that crap. You, you have people who, like, I guarantee you all three of these reporters they know about college football. They don't need to know everything about college football, but like, if you had people saying this kind of stuff about every team, I think these people wouldn't be wouldn't say, "Wow, this was a this is a giant story of Maryland." You know, you have people, you have former coaches saying, "This is alarming. This is stuff that hasn't happened at other programs I've been to. I would never, ever, ever allow my child to be coached here." Now, it, it's a staff member and not coach, but if they've been at multiple programs, that's that's pretty shocking and i think yes the, if your original question here was who who else is potentially on the chopping block for this right I'd, yes. I'd, I'd, i i I want, way, way. I want
1: to say that we, we, these are important things to talk about and we're going to have uh, to flesh it out more over time and we can't do it all in one podcast
0: fair. but uh, the,
1: and there's also the reporting aspect of it and again that's another podcast entirely what is the journalistic process in a story like this and i don't think most people who aren't journalists and we all of us are we're all thomas is about to graduate from the school that Brian and i both graduated from we we know how this process is supposed to work and it's hard to explain it to people when you're reporting on complicated stories with a lot of layers the nuance again it's not necessarily there and that's a journalism problem but that's on both sides and we can't talk about this necessarily here in terms of people that are being fired back to the original point i want to get to thomas here Ryan and I agree that we don't think DJ Durkin's coaching another football game in Maryland because whether he's directly responsible for some of the things that happened or not, he is the CEO of the program. And as the CEO, if this kind of stuff is happening, your head's gone. And I think that's probably what's going to happen with DJ Durkin. Deserving it or not, who knows? We don't know this situation specifically enough, and we don't have even have more anecdotes, which might come, which might change our opinion one way or the other. But from where we sit right now, I, I would think you probably agree that DJ Durkin's probably
2: fired too. That's just my best guess. I I really can't see how they you know were, are able to spin it such that they can have them coach a game this year and not just lose everyone for it. I mean, you saw
1: the anger from people and I and I saw it from long, I mean, I saw some of Dave Tucker's tweets and Dave is as Maryland as they come and we all know Dave, he's a friend of all of ours. He's been on this podcast he was as angry as I've ever seen him. And I bet there are a lot of people who have been associated with Maryland as long as he has who are probably feeling the same way. And if they're talking like that, then I'm pretty sure that you can't bring Durkin back. And I'm also saying that there's also the question of what happens if you do, what do the boosters think? And I hate thinking about it in that way. Like, what do the boosters think in terms of the money that's involved? But this is where we neatly try to dovetail in Thomas to... What happens with Damon Evans and Wallace Lowe? And this is the only time when I'm going to try to compare this to other situations where I don't want to, but it's natural that we do so. And I I think to what happened with Rutgers and Mike Rice when something very similar happened with a similar language, completely out of line, right, with everyone remembers what happened with Mike Rice, and that was caught on video. And he was fired, and the athletic director was fired. The president of the school stayed on. We saw what happened with Tim Beckman, similar a situation with Illinois, and I believe Kevin Wilson also had this with Indiana uh, about a year or two ago. I, the details are fuzzy, but both of them stayed on. I don't know if the athletic directors changed. I think in maybe one of the cases they would. If somebody knows more about the Illinois
2: got a new AD this year.
1: Yeah, so a new AD this year, but at the time when Beckman was fired, the AD didn't change. It came on yeah. differently. So because of that, there is nuance to this situation, and I think personally, and this is my opinion, if Kevin Anderson was still the athletic director, he would have been fired already. But because it's Damon Evans and because of what we know in terms of how the athletic director's search was conducted, from the reporting we know that Wallace Lowe and Damon Evans have a very good relationship as opposed to Wallace Lowe and Kevin Anderson, and the fact that they hired him in the midst of all of this, which, again, really, really sketchy and not a good look for Maryland at all, which compounds everything that's been going on here. But because of that, this is why I think even though Damon Evans has a big role to play because he certainly did play a role in hiring DJ Durkin. He was on staff with Kevin Anderson at the time, and he's been overseeing the athletic department since October of last year. It's why I find it hard to believe that he's going to be fired unless and this is the only way I see it happening is if the major boosters say to Damon Evans, we are not going to give you money you can't therefore do the fundraising that you were basically hired to do. If that comes to pass, then, then Evans will be gone. But if that doesn't happen, if Durkin goes and the entirety of the strength and conditioning staff goes and he's still able to do the fundraising and that satisfies the hounds, so to speak, those who are angry, then Evans is probably going to be able to skate away with his job. Do you think that makes sense?
2: I think so, and I think Lowe's in a similar spot, although it's, 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 it's even a little more bit less boosters and more... Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I want to get to that, but quickly on Evans, because I think that's the one that's more, not black or white, but I think that there's a lot more, obviously, on Evans as opposed to Wallace Lowe. But as I said, like, I think the only way that Evans gets fired in this situation is if the boosters go to either the school or they talk amongst themselves and they say, we're not going to donate unless this guy is gone. That's the only way I could really see it happening at this point. Which, if that happened, then Maryland's hands is forced. But otherwise, like, there's only so much David Evans can do. He's not watching all of these football practices. He's responsible for the culture at the entire athletic department, obviously. And there's no doubt about that. And when they talked about the failings of everybody that happened with what happened with the McNair practice itself, that's a failing of everybody. And Damon Evans is included in that. But to fire him for what happened in this instance... It's going to be hard to get that to go off without either paying a gigantic buyout, having another legal mess, or, again, as I said, the only way I could see it happening is if the boosters say we're not going to donate to the school unless he's gone. That's basically the only way I could see him being fired. I know I've repeated myself there, but I think that that's just my view looking at it from the outside, Thomas. I don't know if you if you—I think you agree based on what you've been saying.
2: I think the one other thing that is worth at least noting is that when Evans was the number two guy behind Anderson, if I recall correctly, one of his, he he was in charge of oversight, in charge of oversight for football. So he was sort of their little overwatch guy. And that was during the Mm Durkin tenure. That was uh, for a while there. And so if the culture was as it was reported, it would have been pretty hard for Evans to not have a grip on that. I think.
1: I mean, I, he, he he might have a grip on it, but would he have known some of the specifics? Unless he was tall, like that's where it gets complicated to me. And Ryan, I know you want to say something, um, here, so please.
0: Well, yeah, no, I mean, to a to the Thomas just brought up. He was, yeah, he I forget exactly. He was a athletic department, especially football, basically was the was what I got from reading his title. And I believe I read in the Washington Post somewhere that he was one of the people on the committee that, uh, or committee, not search committee, he was played a, you know, solid role in, you know, deciding that Durkin was coming or talking to Durkin before he came or something like he has bound himself to Durkin more than, you know, maybe your average athletic director does to a particular football coach, when obviously we know, football's going to be a big part of the athletic director job because that's just how it – because it makes so much money and it's just so freaking giant. But um, I think that boat does not bode well for him because if you're, if you're tied with him so well, you know, you're expected to know more about the football team. You're expected to be sort of supervising the football team if there are things that happen. And, and you know, it, kind of like how we say Durkin binds himself to Rick Court then you are responsible for what Rick Court does, or at least, you know, I think. And if you are Damon Evans, you have sort of, you know, I. you could argue he's bound himself to DJ Durkin. And not only did he do that, but did he know, what did he know? When, when did he know it back in May and in June? He had to know more than we did. And DJ Durkin didn't go on leave until ESPN reported things.
1: It boils down to the same thing that we said. I hate comparing scandals, but it's the same thing with Ohio State. It's when did people know, when did they know it, and what did they know? And, again, public pressure often forces people's hands. And I I completely agree with what you and Thomas both said, that he's hitched his wagon pretty tightly to DJ Durkin. but that's a job. This is where we sit on August 14th. If something else comes out that is more damning, then obviously opinions could change. But if... If we are at this same point and nothing else more damning comes out, and that is a huge if, because obviously it could very well happen. Don't think there's any doubt about that. If we stay at this position where this is the most we get from Maryland in this situation until, say, September 15th when the full investigation is done, toxic football culture, do you think if it doesn't get any worse, in air quotes, do you think Damon Evans keeps his job? I'm not saying whether you want him to, but do you think he does? Thomas?
0: my gut says yes Ryan I hmm. I think we all are giving him a huge benefit of the doubt here that we don't have to give someone when you know a player's died uh, well, this is something that we obviously forget in all these
1: discussions a player died because um, of oversight I'm, by a lot of people that should have known better
0: I, I, th- I think it is tempting to just say that he will hang on there but it it depends. I think if if they if Durkin is gone, I think it'd be pretty tempting to say, well, why like why keep any of these people the especially if you and if you do end up firing Durkin, you're not really sure how the boosters react. Absolutely. They, they could turn on him. But I do know I think uh, they quoted uh, Gossett, uh, the whose name I am blanking on, but whose name is it's on the, the football house. field house and the everything. Uh, huge booster interview and I think in the Washington Post and he said, you know, I'm not sure this is the real DJ Durkin blah blah blah, but if this is true then yeah, he should be gone. So I don't know. I think I think Evans' decision making is going to come under question. It could come under question if he does fire Durkin and if he doesn't. And with Wallace Lowe, I will admit to not being the most plugged in person on university politics and what Wallace Lowe has been up to, but I'm going to say
1: this. If Evans he, stays he, he's on, certainly, there's yeah. no way Lowe gets fired. If Evans keeps his job, then Lowe is safe. If Damon Evans gets fired and this gets worse, let's say more that is reported that is really damning, that's when Wallace Lowe's job is in jeopardy. I, I don't think at this point he's in jeopardy because what we've seen is an athletic department issue. And I say this because we focus on sports, right? But Maryland is a giant institution with a lot going on. And Wallace Lowe's focus is clearly not on sports. He is not a sports guy. He delegates that to other people who are supposed to do it for him. He has a better relationship now with Damon Evans than he did with Kevin Anderson, but he's not necessarily a sports guy. Um, now, it, oh, the one thing I'll say is if the story gets worse, if there's more that is reported and the story gets more and more damning to the point where Damon Evans has to be fired, then you start to talk about Wallace Lowe's job. But we, um, we don't know what's coming next.
0: I, I would say just potentially. Like I mean, he he doubled down on Evans, knowing after, after Jordan McNair died, that's that's when he doubled down on the athletic director who was close with the football coach, who, you know, was there when this all happened. The strength staff was there when this all happened. It's the, the same. What did he know when stuff applies to Wallace Low too? Uh, and again, he didn't comment on any of this until the ESPN report came out. And I, don't, it's. He, I think I'm not saying he should skate. We, I'm not
1: saying he should get away scot free. I'm talking well, about what does that? Should. What does it look
0: like if he doesn't look, get away scot free then?
1: Well, I, as I say, and Thomas, I don't know if you agree with this this little ramble here, but as I said, I think for Maryland, it's going to be like what comes next. Like, do they find something in war reporting from ESPN or another outlet? Uh, what happens if the internal investigations are really really bad uh whether it be the mcnair investigation that will go on for a little bit longer or the one into the internal football culture yes this is what we're talking about like i don't know how damning it would have to be but at this point from where we sit right now if damon evans is not going to lose his job then wallace lowe is not going to lose his job but if damon evans is out then wallace lowe is in a lot more trouble that's that's the best way that I could put it personally from where I sit
0: I I under I understand the the wall, the low in evidence as a team thing especially today they seem to sort of hitch their wagons to each other I think uh, but I I'd, I'd say it more goes the other way I think uh, you know, there's no situation where Lowe leaves and Evans remains. I think there no, are there's situations no situation where, where
1: that ha- it's either. Where, both, I honestly think it's either they both stay or they both go. I I, I
0: could I could still see Evans, uh, you know, n- new reports coming to light, or just, uh, you know, they review it and they decide his decision making on this whole deal was not where it should have been. I think both of those could uh you know could easily result in evans leaving but but low staying just because
1: I, I think that he's
0: he's he just that got there happening. he just he just got the full-time job he's already on a second chance after wh- the way georgia ends ended and I, I i i could see i could see if if one of them's leaving i imagine it's evans but uh mm-hmm. we you know we this is obviously a lot of uh a lot of guesswork, but that's all any of us can do at this point, I guess.
1: Thomas, what do, as we end this show, what do you what do you think about this?
2: I I can see really anything kind of happening at this point. Um,
1: if if it would if be this, if there's nothing that more damning that comes out, do you think Damon Evans keeps his job? I'm not saying that there isn't, but I'm saying if nothing else more damning comes out, there already said any more I think reports? I think
2: my gut says yes. Yeah. Only because I feel like it would take something catastrophic for Maryland to get rid of the ad that they hired two months ago and gave a six-year deal
1: that's what i'm saying like the, or the boosters say i think it
2: takes a lot for that I, we for don't that know
1: whether that lot happen. is coming it could and i wouldn't be surprised if it did and that's what i'm saying like for now wallace Lowe is probably safe with his job but if something more damning comes out and damon evan's job gets under fire then wallace Lowe's job is under fire that's i think the logical progression yeah Is there anything else you want to add,
2: both of you? Oh, no, I don't think I'm think good. I have one thing, and I think one it's one thing. Just kind of to to put the bow on it. Matt Canada is the interim head coach, acting head coach.
1: About football, actual football at this point. None of us. I really think
2: act. I, I think at the one hour mark or whatever we're at at this podcast, I think that's the part to do it. Um, <laughs> Agreed. yeah, by by some accounts, it seems like he's doing okay with with the first couple of days um he's new which I think might have some something to do with why he got the job they did have an associate head coach in Chris Beatty who through through everything that I've heard like Beatty is still pretty much unanimously liked um in that in that on that team um but but he's been around as long as Durkin has and so I think that's why you know Canada got this job It's his first college head coaching job. And if if indeed Maryland moves on from Durkin, you know, he is from day one now auditioning for potentially a full time power five coaching job. Whether it be I think or somewhere else. Yeah, and I think that is something to monitor if you don't want to think about all the other stuff.
1: And let's be fair. We are going to talk about this as a football team because we have to. They are going to play 12 games this year, and there is still a chance that they could even make a bowl game. I mean, it would be quite something if they did, considering everything that's been going on. But at this point, I think that there's a lot still to come, and at this point, we don't know where this goes next. Oh, we do want to say, first of all, there's going to be a link in the podcast post that you've seen of the, to the McNair Foundation, which you should absolutely donate to if you can. And I, I'm going to try to do that, even though I'm unemployed and have no money. I think all of us are going to try to do that. And that, I think, is a fair thing to do. And I hope whatever comes out of this, Maryland has a very good relationship with the, the McNair Foundation, uh, which would be at least something, right? Uh, that would be nice to see them try to do that and have that one of their foundations that they find to or find or raise money for and something to that effect. But whatever there is, there's still probably a lot more to come, and there's still a football season that will be played. They're not canceling the season for this. They're going to play. They still have optimism in just a raw football sense whatever that means now at this point, considering what has happened and we're going to cover that. And obviously any other developments in this story, we're going to cover them as well. Hopefully we did our best to elucidate our thoughts, what we think of this situation and where we think it's going. We know there are going to be differing opinions and there are going to be different reports that come out. And that is the nature of situations like this. And we're doing our best journalistically. And let's be honest, we all care about this school a lot. We all care about the athletic department. We care about the football team. So we do have skin in the game, but we're trying to do our best to cover all this. It's a lot of emotion. It's a lot that comes on us all when you see these kinds of scandals. And for some of a longer vintage, you remember Len Bias. I don't want to compare the two, but for us, this is a big deal. And we've watched scandals, bad scandals from afar at other places in the Big Ten East. And we obviously were hoping it never would happen at Maryland, and it has. And we're dealing with this the best that we could possibly deal with it. Uh, from a journalistic perspective and covering the story as it happens and then as people who do care about this program and I think that's what all of us have to do try to get the facts as best we can find the best of the situation in terms of knowing what happened why it happened but also maintaining that relationship of there's so much more that we could do obviously as fans to keep our eyes open but to hold people accountable when they do wrong and there's a lot that goes on here hopefully we've done our best with that there is still so much more to come and as we say podcast we'll be back if there is any major development in terms of firings or other developments of that nature and if not we will certainly be back to preview the actual football season because there will be a season that will be played and we have to talk about it and we will cover it as we should but until then of course hopefully uh, you enjoyed our listen to this hopefully we provided some different perspectives and some different ways of looking at this situation and hopefully that will allow you to create your own opinions or maybe think about it in a different way. And that's all we can do at this point. That's all of us are trying to do with this situation that's four or five days old and there's still much more to come. So thank you for listening and we will see you on the next show whenever that may be.